What's up, everyone? Dynasty Zoltan here, back for another prospect preview. Today, we are talking Troy Franklin with Noah Green. What's up, man? How you doing? It's such a pleasure to finally meet you. Um, we've been chatting for years in leagues, yeah. um, so this is—it's really fun to actually get a face, get on the mic, um, get some voices going, and I am excited to talk prospects with you today. Yeah, and excited to talk about Franklin. He's definitely an interesting one. Um, before we get into that, do you want to just give the listeners who might not know as much about you a bit about your your philosophy into scouting and uh, some of the work that you've been doing? Absolutely, yeah. So I um, I played. I started fantasy like everyone through redraft, then started playing dynasty a couple of years ago. And this past year, got really deep into Devi and uh, Campus to Canton formats um, and even playing some actual straight college football fantasy, um, which has impacted my philosophy immensely. Um, and so it's funny, like the film versus stats question um, is not uh, the answer is the answer is both. But the answers for me is actually bigger. So my philosophy, especially when I'm talking about prospects, is to really take a holistic prospect model approach. Um, I uh, look into a lot of variables that going back to players' freshman years, going back to where they were ranked as recruits, um, looking at their college performance, looking at not just their breakouts, but like what did they do in their freshman year, even low thresholds matter in terms of projecting odds of success at the next level. And what we mean by success is odds of producing at least one for wide receivers, at least one top 24 or one top 12 wide receiver season in the NFL. Um, it's important to define success because I think sometimes when we're talking about these prospects and you see rookie hype season going, you see some really, you see some crazy comps and sometimes people get offended by comps and it's like, that's actually not an offensive comp. That player had, if a player has a top 24 season in the NFL, they were a productive fantasy asset for you if you got them in the second round or third round of a rookie draft, right? So I think we get a little bit caught up yeah. in some of the really big smoke. And so one of my goals is to look at an entire prospect, look at how their whole profile from high school all the way through their production in college leads to improving their odds of succeeding at the next level. Uh, that includes stats. It includes analytics. It includes film. They're all a part of the picture. Um, no one metric tells all tells the whole story. Um, no one film clip tells the whole story. Uh, it's really a combination of all of it. And so I look at a whole, I try to look at a holistic player approach in that way um, and try to really look at these guys as prospects. And, but this is, we're doing this. It's cool. Cause we're doing this before things like combine things like yeah. draft capital, which change, right? So players values will change. Like when I share where I have Franklin ranked right now among rookie wide receivers, that is as a prospect right now, those factors also have high impact on their odds of success at the next level where they get drafted. We know historically that does matter. So, right. Like those things can change. I'm trying to look at a whole prospect from start to finish. That's, that's my philosophy. Yeah. And, and that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's the, it's the only way to really do it. Um, and whether you weigh, you know, film or stats more, it's really once you, once you dive into it and you get some experience with it, 
um, you realize that you have to look at the holistic picture. Um, and, and moving, moving on to Franklin specifically, um, something that I focus less on, honestly, is a player's background is their, you know, recruiting profile, things like that. I, I kind of drop in, um, in, you know, the year that they declare and, you know, spend four months essentially cramming on all these guys. I'm not as much of a a college guy outside of obviously the national champs. So you want to give me a bit on, uh, Troy Franklin's background. Yeah, absolutely. So Franklin was, um, 2021 high school class. Um, he was a consensus four star. Um, when I say consensus, I'm talking the major ranking sites. So rivals 247 on three ESPN. Uh, he was in that class. He was the consensus wide receiver five, uh, as high as wide receiver three and as low as wide receiver nine coming out of Menlo park, California, went to Oregon. Um, and, so one of the things that's important, so first of all, being that high caliber of a recruit does improve your odds. Um, so yeah. like one of the cutoffs we look at on the college side, um, some guys at Campus Canton, Austin Nace and Chris Moxley um, came on. And I have a um, podcast called Debbie D. Jens. Uh, so for anyone listening, uh, please check it out. Uh, it's on all platforms. So we had we did an episode with them where we talked about they came up with this concept called year one zero thresholds. And the way they framed the cutoff was you start with top 300 recruits, because if you are a top 300 recruit consensus in the country, and that's all these recruiting ranking sites, none of them are perfect. It's just there is some track record that if you're a top 300 recruit right then and there, your likelihood of achieving a top 12 or 24 receiver gets a little bump. Not it's not, but it's a bump. Then what you do as a freshman Freshman breakouts matter a lot, but also just hitting some actual basic thresholds matter. Um, And they are very low thresholds. But what they have found historically is that going back sort of 10 years, if freshmen that are in the top 300 don't hit those thresholds, their odds go down by um, their odds go down of being a top 24 or a top 12 wide receiver um, by a factor of it's it's eight times less likely to be a top 12 wide receiver, six times less likely to be a top 24 wide receiver. And, so, and Franklin, and Franklin's Franklin's freshman season, just to provide some context there, he did. So I, I that I'm curious what these thresholds are, because I, I you said that they're low and that makes a lot of sense. They're low. So he, he it's he had 18 catches for 209 yards this freshman year that that hits the threshold. Yep. It's, it's so for receiver it's 10 and this is just for wide receivers. It's not actually running backs. And the whole thing with it is if you're a top 300 recruit and it's kind of like, think about it, like you should play, you should should get on the field. So it's 10 recept, 10 receptions, a hundred receiving yards. You can get it with 10 total combination of receptions, returns, and rushes you can get it with 100 rushing yards you can get it with a rushing touchdown a receiving a return touchdown um you can get it with return yards it's really about if you're a special player you should find your way onto the field um and he did he he hit 18 for 209 is solidly with two receiving touchdowns is solidly in that he hit multiple thresholds that year and look we have seen four and five stars going to oregon in the last few years that did not hit the field as freshmen Um, so I, I think it's important people, a lot of times people like to look at, oh, how stacked was that wide receiver room when you are going to top power five schools, 
in these conferences, you are always competing against other four and five. Like you're always competing against the best. And, and the it's best. such a stupid, it's such a stupid line of reasoning. Like I have people mentioning that for why Roma Dunze's uh, receiving yards per team pass attempt is lower because yeah. he had to play with McMillan and Polk. I'm sorry, you're going to the NFL. Like, yeah, you think you're not going to have competition as good as you know third round picks McMillan and, yeah. and Polk. It's wild. And it's like, everyone's like, oh, well, like, but if he goes to the Panthers, I'm like, no, you don't understand. Adam, like 34 year old ghost of Adam Thielen will, would destroy, like he would get every target if he played at Washington. Like, I don't, yeah. people just like Terrace Marshall now is better than Terrace Marshall was at LSU and would play at Washington and get a huge target. Like, I think we, we missed that up. It's an absolutely yeah. ridiculous line. So it's like, it matters. Right. And, 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 and the only produced. times where I really discounted a little bit is like the Alabama and the Ohio state. Years, sure. Where like, sure. Where yeah. Jalen Waddle and Henry Ruggs had lower target shares than they would have elsewhere. So I'm going to discount it a absolutely. little bit, but that's why we have draft capital and film and of all course. of these yards, the yards per hour on all these other metrics to look a hundred percent. But those guys, those guys got on the field as freshmen. Like people talk they a did. lot about Jam yeah. Jamison Williams. Jamo hit it as a freshman, even at Ohio State, even before he yep. transferred. He hit because he was a special enough athlete that he got his way on the field. So it just doesn't. And the fact is, there are exceptions, right? Like three of them off the top of head in the last sort of 10 last years of fantasy for people who are listening, who were exceptions that were actually what we call year one zeros, as in they didn't hit those targets. Terry McLaurin. DK Metcalf, Nico Collins right now are the three yep. active in the NFL. And Nico just hit it this year, right? Like he just became an exception officially this year. So just thinking about it, there are, it doesn't mean you can't. It just is an odds changer. Franklin so hit who, him. So that 18 to 09. I'm curious who missed it from this year? Uh, yeah. So technically, Odunze and McMillan missed it, for example. Um, yep. Now, here's the thing with, Odunze, if there's going to be an exception, that 2020 freshman year in the Pac-12, the Pac-12 played a five-game schedule. Yep. And so he didn't hit 100 yards, but I think he had maybe 70 or 80, something in that round realm. Yeah, so I like – Seven or eight catches. So, like – Yeah, he, he does hit it for me because I do have an yeah. exception for the COVID year. Right. Yeah. That The COVID year is the one where it's like, okay, we kind of have to not – um kind of have to not look at that but um other guys who are high like who are high in the rankings who didn't hit it and again with hit it it means you're a top 300 recruit so like starting with who did right like um i don't know mitchell hit it brian thomas jr hit it um troy franklin hit it malik neighbors and marvin harrison jr hit it marv is an interesting one because he literally hit it in the bowl game and that's like how low these thresholds are is well, like he barely one played game. right he only played barely four played. games his freshman year and he literally topped the 100 yards in the bowl game but that's enough to get over and then he absolutely Keon Coleman had a really bad had a really he bad did. freshman year right he also wasn't a top 300 recruit so the thing being that already sort of lowers the threshold a little bit and he went to Michigan State and did not produce yeah. a great deal at Michigan State um as a freshman so he right. was as a sophomore I believe he outproduced uh Jaden Jaden Reed but but yeah he I did. I mean there's a lot of red flags on Keon Coleman's profile there are um, plenty yeah like a um, plenty yeah but anyways so yeah, before we get too far off track, 
Yeah. yeah. Um, and in terms of big ones who sort of didn't hit again, it's like the wash, like big, big names who didn't hit it. It's really like the Washington guys that are being talked about in terms of being big prospects. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pull it up. Just see like a guy that I'm a little bit higher on than consensus, for example, who did hit it is Jermaine Burton. Um, yeah. And he has a complicated history after that. But the thing is, when you he hit it pretty solidly at Georgia. And so you have to take note of that because what it means is you're coming into one of those programs and it means you have some kind of special ability. It might mean you might have flags, you might have problems, you might have to, but like that gives you a shot. Like those are guys I want to actually take a shot on if they, if they hit that threshold. Yeah. So let's, let's use that as a segue and get into some of Franklin's game and what are sure. some of his special abilities. Um, Let's start off with the strengths. I know both you and I uh, dive pretty deep into the film, so I'll I'll let yes. you lead and just uh, give in my input as well. So let's start with you know the strengths of his game. Talk about his play style a little bit. Yeah. So what I love about <clears throat> what I love about Franklin is uh, from a film. Oh, sorry. Excuse and- me. Just. No. My bad. Just before we get there, let me just give some basics on him. Yeah. Um, six, three, one, 80, 90, 70. That's definitely a question. How much I he think weighs. He'll be, I think he'll be just under six, three, just on the, I think he'll, I don't think he'll quite measure six, three either. I agree. I, I see six, two, one seventy five yeah. personally. I think that's about um, right. Yeah. To give his statistics, the last two years, he had 61 for 891 and 9. And then last year, he had 81 catches for almost 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns, um, 3.3 yards per route run, 2.7 receiving yards per team pass attempt. Uh, You know, a very elite year, basically just outside of the Marvin Harrison, Malik neighbors realm, although, or Adunze as well. Although if I look at just my year three production, uh, or sorry, my 2023 production in my model, um, I see that uh, Troy Franklin actually ranks second behind only Malik Neighbors when just looking at that production, and Adunze comes in third just as far as my model goes. Um, Franklin currently projects to be a late first-round pick. Uh, I'm going to let Noah talk about this more, but he's really like a speed flanker receiver, um, tall, lanky, very fast. So w- w- with that, I'll hand it off to you. Yeah. So, um, Franklin's Franklin's a really interesting player. Uh, he's very hard to comp. So, because we really haven't like the style you just described, it's not a style that we have seen a lot of, frankly. Um, and so he's hard. The projection is complicated. Um, he, what I love about Franklin's game is I think he, I think he has underrated versatility. So I like that he, he has shown an ability to line up all over the field. So he lines up this year, this past year, I think he was 17% in the slot and 81% or so out wide. Um, His targets were distributed across all areas of the field really quite evenly. So though he's, he's framed as a deep threat, like 22.9% of his targets were deep 30 were intermediate 37.1 were short. So he's got, he's got the ability to get open and earn targets and make catches on all three levels of the field. Um, I think when you watch his film, he's incredibly elusive. So he's really, really, he's quick and he's fast. Um, I think he accelerates really quickly. Um, you see his, 
you see him take so you can see him take slants and just absolutely bust it out to the house. Uh, you can also see him being, I think, a little bit underratedly shifty in small spaces and has an ability to kind of put defensive backs on skates and just kind of a, a little bit run circles around them uh, is how I see it. Like I've seen him literally basically run a circle around defensive back, <laughs> um, which is really like there, there's a great clip of it. Um, and it's just fantastic. You're like, what are you? It's just unbelievable. So he, he gets, I, I, he gets open. Um, so he and, doesn't and, have, and, yeah. And, right. And, yeah. yeah and I mean, let's start there. So like it's, yeah, I mean, and it's it's definitely a skill of his. It's what impressed me a lot um, and what differentiates him from just the pure speed guys. So right. I, I there are reports that Franklin ran a 4.35 um, in, I believe, high school uh, yeah. or like on, on the track at Oregon. By the way, the Oregon track is the fastest track if you ever want to PR. Sure I absolutely loved it in high school. But um, he's very fast. I don't think he's necessarily like the fastest player in the NFL, but he's going to be up in that top, you know, five, 10 percentile yeah. of receivers. He's going to be yeah. a 94. On that. Yeah. I think about it. Yeah. Um, what you mentioned that I absolutely love as well is how quick he is. He reach, he accelerates very quickly. He can reach top speed very quickly. And to me, the agility that you mentioned stood out a lot uh, in particular on his press break. Um, which is a concern for a player who's 6'3", 180. It gives the cornerback a lot of target, essentially, to hit. And he is not a strong player. We'll, we'll get into that later. Right. He, he Physicality is not a strength. Yeah. No. So you need to have the quickness to put that little hesitation move, to give a little head fake, and then to go. And I actually liked watching these games in order rather than just these cut up clips, because you can see over the course of the game, the cornerbacks start giving him more and more and more room. And then it sets up a whole lot of his short game as well, because they're just scared of the deep game. So I, I, I agree that his, his burst and his acceleration um, as well as his long speed really just jump off the page. For sure. And I think the thing again, being, in terms of like, so comparing him, for example, like last year to a guy like Jalen Hyatt, right? Who, yep. which comes out as an easy kind of comp um, because of the production this season that kind of matched, you know, Hyatt's junior year breakout. They both seem it's, like that. It, it, it's the first comp. That. It's the first comp that I, that I saw when I first turned yeah. on, uh, and, when I first turned it on. And what's interesting though is Franklin is so much more versatile than Hyatt was. Like Hyatt was also, they almost flipped. Hyatt was over 80% in the slot, almost like 87% yep. in the slot. Yep. Um, which again, I think the lining up out wide is a big deal. Kind of going to what you were saying about being able to get open against these corners. When you see guys lining, it does look all slot guys can produce great numbers at the NFL. We have seen that happen for sure. It's not necessarily a negative, but when you're talking about one of these sort of deep speed threats, I like the versatility in Franklin's yeah. game and the ability to hit on multiple levels uh, more so than I did with Hyatt. But the, it, the, and, the style and Hyatt was being, he was being schemed open, right? He was in these stack yes. sets, even it, it just wasn't, yes. it wasn't what we're seeing from, uh, from Franklin, where we're seeing right. him getting open by himself. They're sending over double coverage to him. Yes. I To get a little bit more into his route running, what I love about his route running ability and to, is his ability to curve his runs. And note, I'm not saying yes. cut because I think that's a different skill, but the ability to bend, his, to bend the angle of his routes and not yes. lose speed. So he can run 
you know, some players like Marvin Harrison, for instance, if he's running an out and up, it looks like he's running a curl, then he runs an out and then he goes up. Franklin, it's much more fluid than that, right? He's yes. bending it, but he's staying at max speed. He can curve his route better than the defender can. So when you look at like crossers and out and ups and the shallow outs where you don't need to put a hard leg in the ground and cut, but it's more just bending it out. All of those routes and obviously shallow drags where he just uses his speed and runs away from people. Yeah. All of those routes are where I think he excels. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's like I was saying earlier about the circles. Like there is yeah. a real like you're watching him and it's it really is smooth. It's like figure skating. Like it's actually he's a real I think he's a real technician. And what I love is he he has gotten better every single year. So, you know, we listen to this stuff with the NFL coaches talking about player development versus scheming. And you mentioned I couldn't agree more. You know, Josh Heupel's college scheme is one that is a scheme op scheme guys open kind of scheme. Um, Franklin simply improved, not just statistically, but just improved his game consistently year over year. And there were a lot of questions about, could he actually show up as a true sort of wide receiver one, because he has this sort of lanky, tall, deep threat. What is he kind of player? And I, I think he answered a lot of those questions this year about what's possible. Again, that does not mean I'm not saying I guarantee that's going to translate to the next level, but it gives you a lot more optimism about a guy like him that he was able to produce the way he did. Um, I think it's just huge. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, Franklin's ball skills. What, what do you think his abilities are? Just his, his hands, his contested catch skills, his yeah. ball tracking. How do you think he weighs in there? Yeah. So of those three, um, I think he's the best at ball tracking of those three. If I'm ranking those three and those three alone, um, I, I, it's not always. So he, this is something where he's had to, he's worked on this and there are times where, um, there are times where you see absolutely like incredible elite ball tracking. And there are yep. other times where he leaves you a little bit missing. So I, I really would love to see more consistency there. The hands is going to be the big, the hands and, uh, the contested catches are going to be a big question. Um, yep. the contested catch percentage was not very, was not high, something like 33% this year. Um, and the hands is going to be a question. Um, he did have, he did have a high number of drops. Um, again, Drops are a controversial topic, obviously. So um, just having drops alone doesn't necessarily mean we've seen on the NFL level all the time that look, and he got targeted. He had a lot of targets. So yeah, these high target guys, right? You saw this year, like Puka uh, were, was among the league leaders in drops, right? So I'm not saying the drops are, I think sometimes I'm not thrilled with like, I, I think there is more work and growth for him to do with the hands and um the point and and the catch point like that is yeah the, that I, is an area of growth for him for sure yeah so if we move if we move on kind of transition to some of these areas of growth i to, to me that's the main one as well so you mentioned the the ball tracking and the body control to me are are totally yeah. fine um yeah i don't think he's like you said it's not perfectly consistent no. but he's pretty good at getting his feet down pretty on good. the sideline um pretty good at tracking the ball down the field yep. To me, the issues with his ball skills come in more, like you're saying, just with his hands. And there's a lot of form issues here that I saw as well. Um, he's not making concentration drops, which to me are the ones that you right. can kind of write off. To me, he is making 
technique drops where the ball he's crossing across the Bo Nix's face. The ball's thrown kind of to his back pocket, uh, back kind of behind him a little bit. And he's unable to flip his hand fast enough to make that catch. Um, it's a contested ball down the field where he's late getting his hands up because he's not able to time his footwork well enough to, you know, spin and jump and high point it. That's not his game. So I, I think as far as his separation skills, we talked about are pretty good. Um, I'll I'll get, I'll get into his route running, like some of the areas of of improvement in a second, but separation skills are pretty good. The speed is pretty good. But in order to really be a high target earner, you can't be Marquez Valdez-Scantling out there. And I'm not saying he's that, but he isn't an elite down the field uh, catcher. And ultimately, if you want to, you know, he is a pretty distinct skill set that doesn't necessarily translate to, you know, 120 targets in a season. So you need to be efficient on those and you need to take advantage of those plays down the field. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And the one thing with the hands is like not to is just finish is like they are, as you said, a lot of the drops are on though. They're they, they are not on sort of wide. They're not on wide open passes. It's not that no. kind of thing. It's often in those contested catch or yeah. it's just a little bit off angle. But you're absolutely right that you need those skills to take some of these steps to get to the stage of elite when you're thinking about range of outcomes. So, yeah. Um, I agree with that analysis. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what separates really the men from the boys, um, to get into his route running a little bit more, because I, I I don't know what you thought. I have him ranked. I I don't know if you do, if you do uh, film grades, but I, I had him ranked as the 7.2 on his route running overall, but it's above average, but it's very particular because he is not good at decelerating and he's not good at getting a low bend into his cuts. So he's not going to be running, you know, your zag routes. I think he struggles a little bit at slants and digs because he doesn't quite establish physicality at the stem, get low and burst out of it. Um, He struggles at comebacks in my opinion, because again, I don't think he can really get low push off of the defender and come back to the football uh, in a way that like Malik neighbors can, for instance. So to me, I I think there are limitations to his route running. Yeah, I think there are. Um, And I, I don't do film grades. Um, I do. I do watch film, um, but I am not. um, That is just not, that is not my, that's just not my specialty and not my game uh, just being open about it. But Nothing uh, so it. it's it, so no. And so it's interesting to hear. It's like um, I think that's an interesting point. And like how what it, it, all of this in some ways kind of goes to for him, you know, w- which we'll get to the question of sort of where where does he go? Um, yeah. I don't think he was a, he was not a straight product of scheme. He definitely has the ability to get open and produce on all three levels. Um, I think that you're right. I think where he where he works best is in space. Um, yeah. where he has space to really move. Um, but I think that I think he has the ability to grow in these areas. Again, like the thing I really do like about his game, and it's another thing that separates men from boys is is the constant growth. And and yeah. to me, he's a guy who is going to be developing beyond just the scheme. Um, he's going to be growing and putting in work. Like you can see the work he's putting in behind the scenes. I think he will get more physical. Honestly, I, he added a, he added muscle this past year. And so he's better in those places than he was early on. Um, but again, his body type doesn't like, like, it doesn't always lend to that game either. So, um, you know, I'm interested. What other things, um, 
what what things stood out to you as like his 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 best traits in terms of route running in your yeah and for sure and to me it was the uh, what's the uh angelo always mentions this curvilinear efficiency um, is 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 what we were talking about the the ability to bend earlier i I had to look that up um i think what else stands out is as i said the ability to keep his speed the ability to win off the line um I think for him, and I'm glad you mentioned the scheme because you're right. He was not schemed open at Oregon. This was not, I mean, even in Washington, they were schemed open more. Uh, Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee was schemed open constantly. That That's not what this was at all. However, I do think scheme will be very important. So if you look at like teams in the late first, like the Houston Texans, right? I think that would not be a good fit at all for Troy Franklin. If you look at what they ask their receivers to do, you need to be technicians, right? Same goes for Brandon I for uh, San Francisco, what they do with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he would not be a good receiver opposite him, or even Jawan Jennings, who they asked to you know block a lot and be that physical guy. He needs to go to a team like Dallas or Kansas City um, or uh, Detroit where, I mean, they have Jamison Williams there, but where it's a lot more of these rounded routes, these longer developing routes, off-play action, um, where he'll have the chance to really play to his strengths um, more so than he would in some of these more like technician uh, interior route running systems. Yeah, th- which is interesting. And I, I, I would be interested, though, to see what he would look like if he was schemed open. And I would yep. be interested to see, right, because sure. I would just be, because, and the reason for that is his efficiency. So, like, Puka gave a great example of this this past year, where his efficiency was off the charts. He didn't get the usage. And yep. he goes to the Rams, and people say, oh, he's a scheme product. Interestingly, like, if if you look at the breakdown of his game from college, if you look at the things we're talking about with Franklin, yards per route run, percentage in the short, intermediate, long game, um, yards, yards after catch, honestly, like having a really strong average with that. Like he had, there were some similar characteristics. So I'd be interested to see him schemed open. Buffalo is another place that interests me for him. Um, I think, right. Like, I think you take him, you were say Gabe Davis swap in Troy Franklin next to a date, like with a Josh Allen's arm, I think could be really interesting where he just has the, like, that would be another interesting spot for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. Um, yeah, I mean that that would be perfect. He he would yeah. do so much more in that role, and and like you said, the efficiency is excellent, right? He he had four point oh two yards per route run versus man defense in twenty twenty four, which is that is you know one of the first statistics I would look at, and that is an incredible rate. Yeah, yeah, and for somebody of his build, it's an incredible rate, right. and it speaks to again. He doesn't win with physicality. He wins with quickness, but he's tall. So there, there's a, there's a world you can envision. I can envision that continuing to grow. Um, and and it's three point two one versus zone, which isn't right. like four oh two, but it isn't bad. But the man for somebody like him, you'd almost sort of expect to see it flipped. And so when it's that's yeah. what this is what makes him such an interesting prospect. Is it is he he challenges he's- your assumptions. Yeah, he's an interesting player because I think he would be easier to assess if he were six feet, right? Like if he were six feet, it'd be like, yeah, we've seen this guy before. We know how he'll succeed. But the fact that he's 6'3 does give him, I mean, 
it hurts him in some ways, right? Because it mean it right. means that he has less weight for his size. It can make him one of the things I noticed is against zone coverage coming across the middle, linebackers would bump him and would completely knock him off his route, right? Like we talk about a guy like Puka, obviously a very different player, but Puka runs right through that linebacker, doesn't care. Uh yep. Franklin's gonna his route's gonna be over. Absolutely. But, the height also does give a lot of upside. If he can fix some of these ball skills, if he can fix some of the contested catch technique, because a lot of that is teachable. If he could add, yes. you know, I don't want him to add 20 pounds. If he could add no. eight to 12 pounds of muscle onto this body, get up to 190 yeah. and really yeah. be a little bit more of like a tank. I mean, not a tank, but like able yeah. to hold his ground, right? Because for me, it's on the go routes. Can you stack your defender? Are you physical enough to hold someone off? And the other big thing for me, and this kind of was the last film point I wanted to bring up, I don't think his legs are very strong. Um, and where mm. I've noticed this is not only in his ability to cut side to side, but in the yards after catch game. I don't know that he necessarily, when I look at his jump cuts, he's not covering a lot of ground horizontally. When he gets tackled, when there's an arm tackling in his lower body, he's usually going to go down on first contact. So mm -hmm. those are skills to me where I, he does have the agility and the speed that he should be better after the catch than I think he is at this point. I think he should force even more missed tackles than he already does. And yes. I think just a little bit of strength in an NFL uh, conditioning room, a little bit of girth will give him that added benefit that could really open up some of the manufactured touch game because he does need to get in order to get 25% plus target share in the NFL, he is going to have to get schemed up for touches a little bit. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, and see, the thing with Franklin for me is all of the, the reason I, I love him. Look, if I'm overall ranking prospects as prospects, yep. as whole prospects, he's my wide receiver four in this class from yep. where he stands as a prospect. Like his overall prospect picture to me, he is a better prospect than Rome is overall. Okay. Oh, who's number three? Um, Xavier Worthy. Okay. That'll, yeah. as uh, that'll a, be a as fun a, different discussion. As, yeah. as, a, as a prospect, as an sure. overall prospect profile, that's how I have them. Uh, I listen. Again, I see it. My but, my model has worthy. My model has worthy fourth and Franklin fifth. So we're we're not there. You off. go. We're pretty close. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like yeah. So that's where. Um, and the Odunze is hard because again, for me, coming from the background, coming from the NCAA background, Rome had a Rome's profile had more holes. I've had it ranked this way basically all year as prospects, yeah. and. Rome pushed himself. Rome kept pushing himself up despite some of the things. So I, he's a continued riser for me. And I get a lot. It's a lot of like, oh, you're oh, so you're out on Rome. I'm like, I'm not out on Rome at all. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just for me to say that I think Worthy and Franklin are better overall prospects doesn't mean I'm out on Rome at all. And that doesn't again, fact, draft cap. Rome gets top 10 draft capital, right? That changes. your. So I'm not out on Rome. Right. If, if, just, if Worthy and Franklin go. Right. Like if I if I strip draft capital from my projection, right. Rome is fifth. So I I completely understand that. There you go. Um, yeah, that's I, that's kind I, of. I, I haven't gotten I haven't gotten to the film on Worthy yet, so I can't comment on him. Um, yeah, let's I'll talk about some player some player comparisons. So we mentioned how he how Jalen Hyatt is not him. He's better than Jalen Hyatt. Let's talk yeah, about what what you do see in his game, or who you see in his game. I mean, again. Like comping him is comping him is incredibly challenging. 
Um, yeah. So I think I, I just think especially the way that he like the way he plays the game and his for his size makes for an incredibly challenging um, projection in a lot of ways. Um, and so it almost means that you have to you have to almost strip size out like you almost have to strip size out of it and kind of That's, look at I, I have the exact same concern right yeah I had the exact same idea because you're not going to find someone who's six three who plays like him so I I had to strip size out completely in order to find yeah so like when you're thinking about or when I'm thinking about um sorry I have them written down here when I'm thinking about who he who he comps to um look he fits into so like a guy like Calvin Ridley comes to mind a little bit. Like when I'm thinking of a ce- of like what a ceiling could look like for someone yep. like him, like a guy like Calvin Ridley comes up. Um, he's, he's similar again, and he's six feet. So it's kind of where like the six feet thing would make for a, a, a little bit of an easier comparison. Um, yeah. And the thing is he does a little bit of everything. So Calvin Ridley, wins with a lot of shiftiness he's not sort of overpowering dbs but he can win off the line um actually similarly sort of has improved his his deep ball game over the years but didn't necessarily come in with some of those skills yeah. um I by the way we I'm, saw those deteriorate this year not that that's we a, did. kind of a side uh-huh. point but yeah he wasn't good on and, deep balls this year no he wasn't and but he was when he blew up in 2020 with Atlanta yeah. in 2020 and so it's like that when I think of early, like just, and this is purely a style comparison. I am not yeah. suggesting that I think he's, that's the comp exercise for me is I can, you can compare a player on style. You can compare them sort of as a prospect where they fit right. as a prospect. You can compare how the world views them. Um, I, I don't, I can't say, I think they're going to be the next so-and-so, um, you know, look, he fits into, I mean, he fits into a category of receivers who that come out and um, there's a guy I really like uh, to give a shout out to uh, Tim Albet at campus Canton, who actually you put out something somewhat similar for the NFL recently that I dug. He created this cluster model where he clusters oh, yeah. wide receivers into different types. And one of his types is sort of the does everything, uh, but doesn't, doesn't excel at any one thing, but kind of, is mid range to high range in basically all these different variables. Franklin fits in that bucket. Other guys who fit in that bucket in the past, uh, Garrett Wilson, Michael Pittman Jr. Um, and these were as prospects again, coming out as prospects. I'm not projecting this, but he, he projects to, he is a guy who's really interesting because he sort of does everything. So again, I think Ridley hits me a little bit. Um, it's a very hard, very hard exercise. To me, it's another six foot guy um, who has the speed, has the agility, doesn't necessarily have the girth, got open all the time, but it wasn't necessarily with technical skills and didn't have good ball skills. Uh, And that's Henry Ruggs. Um, He's the guy to me that really pops out. I mean, he's obviously significantly smaller. Uh, People forget, I I love saying that, people forget that Henry Ruggs was actually having a pretty good uh, stretch before he ended up, you know, obviously going to jail. He was. Um, But yeah, I see a similar player just in terms of the, just the absolute burst, um, as well as some, you know, solid football skills to, to go with it. 
Um, I do think that Franklin is more adept of a route runner and will be used more effectively in the intermediate game. But yeah, I see a little bit of rugs in him. I see that. Yeah. And again, um, I think that's a good comp. So like people are yeah. right. Like I, I like it's important to remember, like we do forget and we get heady with the, it's like, no, no, like good and the bad. Um, All right. So I'm going to tell you just before we uh, before we sign off, I'm going to tell you the two guys above and two guys below uh, Franklin on both my film and data model. And we'll see what oh, you please. think. Uh, it's it's not bad. I will start off with that. All so right. the data model. Starting, uh, Franklin is number 30, 35. So starting with number, sorry, Franklin, number 34. So starting with number 32, we got Jahan Dotson, T Higgins, Troy Franklin, Zay Flowers, and Calvin Ridley. That's my data Uh, model. That's 32 through 36. Yeah. And again, like I, I, again, like Ridley came right to mind for me. Um, and that, that tracks for me. Uh, Dotson is another guy. Dotson was a very similar yep. type of, pro- like that could have been another good comp as a prospect, especially coming out. Did, did a little bit of everything again, a little smaller struggle with at certain points. Actually Dotson is underrated. I think in the contested catch area, I think he's, a I think yeah, he's good down but, the field actually. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's pretty good, but uh, Franklin does other things really well. Um, I think those, those are like, that's right where I would, that's right. The type of place that I have him in terms of his, uh, his data and his data is like his advanced metrics are very strong and yeah. got better. And that, every and that gives year. you a good idea of like what player we might be looking at, yeah. right? Like three of those guys have already hit, I, I guess Zay Flowers hasn't hit yet, but he's going to uh, yeah. T Higgins and Ridley, of course, are, of course already yep. have, and Jahan Dotson is not nothing. Um, yeah. My, my film grades, uh, he ranks number 43. Again, this okay. is since 2018. Uh, yeah. And then in order going down there around him, Jameson Williams, Zay Flowers, Troy Franklin, Deontay Johnson, and Jaden Reed. So again, we're looking at kind of good number two receivers, probably not, yeah. you know, a top 10 dynasty guy, but could easily fit into that, you know, 11 to 30 range, depending on, you know, a lot of factors. Absolutely. And I like, honestly, that's, those are great. Those are great and realistic fits for him. And it, and I think it's important for listeners, like the names you're listing. It's funny. You say 43, you say these numbers, right? It's like, Oh, 34, low 43. No, like these are elite. Like Troy Franklin is an elite prospect. He is an elite prospect. He has holes to his game. There are things, there are concerns. There are things to look for, but I feel safe. Like he, I can't, there is no way in which he could move outside my top five receivers in this class going in almost no. I mean, unless he, something tank falls to the end of round two like, or he yeah, runs a four five 40. Right. Or it's but, like, yeah, yeah, something like that. But it's like, there is not, he's too good of a pro he's been too good for too long, showed out young, continued to get better and grow. Um, and it's just, he's his speed. I really think, well, I, I'm interested to know, like, I think he'll probably run around four, four is where I think he'll actually end up running. Um, yeah. I think he'll be one that will be watched a lot. I think forties are overrated. I want to see his, his cone game as well. Um, and I think that's going to be bad. I'm, I'm more interested in seeing that. Cause I think that's yeah. going to be bad. Honestly, uh, be I, I have him cause I project the combine just to fill into my model. Oh, yeah. I have him at a uh, four, three, six. Four three six. I and I could see that he he really like he does have that. That'd be a speed. good number for him. 
that would be a phenomenal like that number would ensure that he's going at least by the high end of round two and actually to be honest with you if he runs four three six i, I cannot see the nfl letting him get out of round one I can't. he's not like, making it by dallas at pick 24 no. arizona at pick 27 if they right. don't take marv buffalo at pick right. 28 and kansas city at pick 31 he's not making it past all those teams no way, no way. not not, yeah. not not a chance absolutely no. not I mean, if he runs in the mid four threes, Jerry's going to take him in Dallas to he, replace Brandon Cooks, say. and that's going to be a great fit. Yeah, it will be a great fit. And it, and if he runs in the four threes, honestly, he could go higher. Like I, this is, he's if he runs in the four threes and measured over six two, that also like being yeah. over six two, running a four three six gives you a higher end projection. He's a little skinny, but like an NFL team isn't gonna. With his production, I just don't see that. So I'm totally with you. Um, four three six would would help him a great deal. Yeah, and and I and I do think he could he could get in that range. Whether or not he, could. he does is another question. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, he's I'm a looking guy, up. He's a, a guy, love man. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I just, so I, so I, where do you have him in your total dude. rankings? Um, for for this year or like yeah. overall overall. For this, for this year, yeah. year, for this year, uh, I currently ha- he's my wide receiver four in the class. Um, and I cur- so I cur- hit at being wide receiver four in terms of the overall first round that puts him at one ten for me right now. Um, and uh, that includes I'm a little bit aggressive with uh, with your boy JJ. I think. I think JJ is going to mess up the tops. Like, I think people are getting very set on the top seven of this draft. And I think people are very much missing that JJ is likely to go top 15 has the potential to show out at pro day and go top 10. And I think he's going to bump up there, which puts Franklin down at 10 um, at the moment. Um, But again, there's room to project that that's a that's a projection we will see if it all happens but yeah he's right around there for me right now in that nine ten kind of late first range and i'm very comfortable taking him there like i think again the names that you're talking about there like if you invested that type of draft capital last year in a zay flowers two years ago in a Jahan dotson you're like he's gonna go you're doing and he's gonna go in that he's gonna go in that second half of the first round with that comp and you're getting a really good dynasty asset that has some upside potential again i don't know that he's ever gonna go one but yeah. All right. Before we sign off, since 2017, this is a quick quiz for you. Since 2017, there have been three wide receivers to meet the following criteria. Drafted in round one, less than a 4-4-40, and taller than 6-1. Since 2017? Since 2017. Three guys have matched those criteria. Less than a 4-4... Round one, and what was the third? Taller than six one. Taller than six one. Ooh. So that's a great question. Give me twenty seconds, and I'm going to tell you. Go for it. I'll uh, I'll edit in some some Jeopardy seconds. music here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Um. Oh, so I would say so taller than six one sub four four since twenty seventeen. Uh, so I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say I can CD. tell you if you get rid of the CD? height requirement. If you get rid of the height requirement, it expands to five. 
Uh, okay. No, CD, CD ran a four four two. CD ran a four four two. Okay. Yeah. So, um, sheesh, this is now a tough one then. Um, Devonta yeah. isn't tall enough. Below a four four um, is fast. Like people don't realize how fast. It's, oh no, that's the thing. It's and getting drafted in the first round. Yeah. Is yeah. where I'm actually. I'm like, who? Traylon? Is he one of them? Nope, a little bit he didn't slower. run that fast a little slower sheesh louise um all right well, you're all right jmo 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 jmo's got to be one right he is not he's not he's not tall enough not tall enough all right who am i missing that's obvious all right you're missing the obvious one is jamar chase jamar chase okay jamar chase and then we got the uh the ohio state guys we got uh a lot garrett. garrett wilson and garrett okay yeah so again that's like that's very long again yeah the four three thing is a big deal um yeah. and it's if you are reason. that fast that tall and you're drafted in round one i mean this is a small sample size but alave wilson and chase is like the group uh and yeah. by the way this year we are probably gonna add malik neighbors to that depending if he he might be six foot we'll see we'll see what he i mean we might add xavier worthy too that's so true. That's, that's true. Right, I mean, we I, might, like Xavier, Xavier could yeah. run sub four, four and he's six, one also. Um, yeah, I think he'll, he'll come in over six. He'll come in over six feet. I don't know if he'll be a full six, one, but we could have, yeah. so you could have three this year, which would be bonkers. Wild. I didn't know that stat. That is actually really insane. Yeah. Um, okay. anyways, with that, we'll, uh, we'll end the podcast. Um, obviously to all you guys listening, thank you guys very much. We'll be back with more prospect previews. Give Noah a follow on Twitter, check out his podcast. Noah, you want to, uh, uh, tip those one more time? Yeah, for sure. So I'm at Noah underscore FF underscore green on Twitter. Um, and my podcast is Devi Degens. Um, we do a lot of work on the college side of the game, the Devi side of the game, but we're always talking and thinking about dynasty projection. Like I see this as a fluid tree. And for me, it's just sharing the passion of expanding my knowledge into, co into college and um, how it's really like reignited my excitement for the game. So I love sharing it. I'm also going to be putting out uh, some uh, some written content um, with fantasy and frames in the next couple of months. And I'll, you know, all that stuff will be um, via my Twitter handle, et cetera. Um, Dynasty DGENs is a great group. Give, give us a follow as well. Um, I've had a great time with that, with that crew. And uh, it's just been really fun to, to get into that space and, and translate it now back into Dynasty. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. And thanks for um, having me. Thank you for having yeah. me, man. I really appreciate it. It's super fun to talk and, um, and share perspectives and, yeah, uh, your, your organization ranking is phenomenal. So appreciate <laughs> thanks, all man. we, uh, we'll got to do it another time for sure. All right. See you later, man. Bye. Later.